The Athletic. This is the best club in the world. Don't care what other people do. This is Keita and Diogo Jota and Naby Keita. It's wonderful from Liverpool. Oh, it's a beautiful goal. It really is from Naby Keita. It's a manic month that lies ahead for Liverpool, so which players are feeling the weight of expectation to get the side back on track? Plus, what's the future for Naby Keita? He's yet to play any Premier League minutes this season. Liverpool women took centre stage at Anfield this weekend. We'll speak with Gilly Flaherty about the squad's expectations. And just a day earlier, Xabi Alonso rolled back the years as the legends reunited. There's some brilliant articles on The Athletic from the top writers in sports. If you'd like to read them, head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. And to make life just that bit easier, we've got a special price of a pound a month for the next six months. Head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. I'm Steve Hothersall, joined today by Kiva O'Neill and Andy Jones for The Red Agenda. And I think we'll start with Naby Keita, someone who... According to reports from the um, trusted transfer guru Fabrizio Romano, uh, wants some assurances on playing time before he commits to a new contract. So Naby wants to know he's part of the future before he signs on at Liverpool. Kiva, what do we think? This feels very much like the noise is about to begin on Naby, and it might just not end until you know the end of the season or whatever. Obviously, he hasn't played. I think he played in the Community Shield a little bit, did he? But he hasn't featured for Liverpool this season. He's 27 now. His contract ends, obviously, next summer. There was sort of talk of maybe, you know, extending that contract. And it just seems like now that conversation will be ramped up quite a bit, you know, among the fans and, and obviously, you know, whatever's going on behind the scenes at the club. It's an interesting one, I think, for Naby Keita. He's a player that I think we've all sort of willed on a lot, you know, to, to be unlocked at different times and he sort of struggled to, to kick on when he's had those good performances and, you know, we know what kind of quality he brings to Liverpool. But whether, you know, whether they will look to keep him, I think it's an interesting one and it'll be something that I'm sure we'll talk about in the weeks to come. And he's quite divisive, isn't he, amongst the fan base? You've got a lot of people saying, you know, he's he was a terrible buy and for 40-odd million he's never delivered. You've got others who say that... When he has played and played to his ability, he, he showcased what he's about. But but simply, he's not played enough, has he? Yeah, exactly. It is sort of um, sort of almost ironic. Those reports sort of suggest, well, sort of that Naby wants to know the role he might play. But I think Liverpool would want to sort of guarantees on how fit he was going to be as, as to what role. Because that's going to, at the end of the day, that's what's going to determine the role he's going to play is, is how fit he's going to be. And, and he, you know, he's, he's shown over the last... Well, since he's arrived at Liverpool, that he struggled to stay fit consistently for for long periods, and and that's that's why he's such a you know divisive player because there's those frustrations every time he seems, even when he seems to be getting you know into a run of form and getting going, you know then then another injury comes along and and then you don't see him for for a month or so, and I think that's that's where a lot of frustration is born out of because you just you just can't rely on him. And yeah, he's he's one of those players, isn't he? He's, he's, he's sort of he's that marmite. You, you either love him or hate him, don't you? Because you you watch games and, and you see some of the, the contributions he's made, and even some of the you know the bigger games, and and he's got the ability to, to dominate in midfield and, and and be the person who can pick that final pass or or make the difference. But equally, we've also seen you know some of the some of the poorer performances from him. and and 
when you come with such a big price tag and, and the the way Liverpool went about, you know, it, it was very clear that the Klopp thought he was, you know, so important and, and that's why they waited a year for him. You know, they, they agreed that fee and then waited a year for him to come. I mean, Klopp has, has been a strong believer in him consistently whenever he's asked about him, he always talks him, him up and, and as you're going to do, is I, I guess the manager's not going to sort of, you know, select your own players, but still, Klopp firmly believes in Keita and therefore there's clearly something and, and you would you would imagine the Klopp would want him to stay. But those assurances, I think, need to come from both sides. A, what, from, from that we side, what role he's, he's going to play, but also B, you know, Liverpool, from, a, from an injury perspective, how, how available is he going to be? I suppose Naby holds the cards here, doesn't he, Kiva? Because Liverpool w- would want him to sign a contract because they're protecting their investment if he does that. But Naby... At the moment, and, and according to these reports from Fabrizio Romano, who says there's plenty of clubs interested in taking him, Naby might be just surveying the landscape here. Yeah, I mean, like you say, you know, to protect the asset almost is to extend this deal and then sell them Liverpool. Obviously, if he, you know, walks away next summer, that'll be on a free and Liverpool will, you know, make no no profit on, on him leaving. So I think, you know... Not only that, but it, like Andy mentioned, he is a player that Jurgen Klopp does believe in. He's played in some massive games for Liverpool during his time at the club, and you know has been trusted a lot of the time with those sort of you know big games. And I think you know there's there's definitely a player that that Jurgen Klopp admires, and he's one that when you consider what's going to happen next summer, it's going to be an overhaul of Liverpool's midfield. James Milner will be gone. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain his contracts up as well. So. You know, plenty of plenty of change on the horizon for Liverpool's midfield, and you know Naby Keita, as I mentioned, is just twenty seven still. You know, he's one of the younger ones, isn't he, of this older midfield group? Obviously, you've got younger players in there like Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, and obviously Carvalho likes to play wherever. And you know, I think that's that's going to be sort of interesting. That age gap now is you know quite young to old, and he's one of the players that's kind of in the middle of that that kind of age range of play will be important to Liverpool because you need youth fan experience and you also need those players in between that and, and Naby Keita is, is one of them, isn't he? Right, watch this space. We'll wait and see what happens with uh, Naby. Let's move on from their huge month and a half coming up for Liverpool, Andy. 12 games between this weekend and the start of the, the World Cup break. Some pivotal Premier League ones. You've got Tottenham away, Chelsea at home, plenty of others. Hopefully, there's been some sort of reset for the squad during this break yeah I mean they've had plenty of time and you know g- given you know obviously the, the unfortunate circumstances of, of games being called off so they, they, you know they've had a long time to sort of I guess for the coach and staff to probably sit down have a proper you know think and, and a proper sort of I guess step back and an over overview of of what you know that first portion of the season looked like because it has been so intense that there's not really been many opportunities to sort of I guess try and make big changes, and I know that the international break, a lot of the the squad go away, but I think just a, a chance to sort of, I guess, stop thinking about things maybe for a little bit, just have that little bit of a break, which which is probably needed. And I think it helped that you know sort of the Ajax game and, and and the way that you know that result comes, you know, going into the break type thing will, will have just helped tweak that mentality a little bit. But yeah, it, it does feel like it needed a bit of a well, it, whether it. it a full reset button's been pressed, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but it will have given them time to have a proper think about, 
what is going right and what's going wrong and how to try and fix it. And I'm sure, you know, training sessions will therefore have been, you know, very detailed and very planned on those types of things. Um, and I know you can't work on everything because, as I said, players will be away, but it, it just gives everyone a bit of a, that breather that was needed because, you know, I think things were just sort of, you could sort of see players overthinking things, getting into their own heads and, and stuff like that. And now they've just sort of got that chance to sort of take a breath. Well, hopefully, <laughs> anyway, it'll mm. be beneficial because, as you say, there's there's so many important big games coming up this this month that, given Liverpool's start and how many points they've dropped already, they need to be, you know, winning as many of these games as possible to sort of just make sure they don't get left behind by. If you can still talk about the title race, that's probably not. But you know, even just in terms of the top four race, you don't want to be left chasing um, other teams who, who might go and on runs during, during the next month if, if their fixtures are, are kinder or they're in good form. It's not a, a Liverpool side that we sort of recognise from last season at the moment. Let's have a look at a, a few players who could inspire the Reds to former levels when they do actually return from the, their international duties. So um, I've picked out a couple in Mo Salah and Trent. We'll, we'll start with Trent. Kiva clearly not been anywhere near his best this season. Um, his performance in Naples will probably be highlighted by many as saying, you know, look at where he's sunk to at times but he'll know he wants big improvements in himself and actually statistically I think maybe one of the biggest standout things at the moment is he managed 18 assists last season and he's not had one this season which is remarkable yeah that is strange when you think about it because he's been Liverpool's most creative player you know for such a long time he's been you know, the, the lifeblood of this Liverpool attack even though obviously he's a defender which has brought us all great joy to constantly talk about that and just uh, this morning he's been omitted from kind of Southgate England match day squad for their game against Germany at Wembley and I think that's quite telling of you know how his England career has gone but how he's playing at the minute more than anything you know he's not the only one to have been omitted there's a few players um, Ward Prowse, Tamori and Jared Bowen as well so he's he's not on his own there but I think you know it is quite telling of the start to this season he just he's looked Tired at times, he hasn't looked alert at other times defensively, which I think has been, you know, one of the, the worrying things because, you know, away from sort of the Liverpool bubble, you know, any sort of defensive mistake Trent makes is like, you know, this massive thing that will go viral online or, you know, people love to almost pick it apart, tear him apart because of it. But I think if you watch Liverpool every week, you realise, you know, he's he's not a bad defender and obviously what he brings to attack is just, you know, incredible and, and profits Liverpool so much, but hasn't so far this season. And I don't think that's necessarily just his fault. I think obviously Calvin Ramsey was injured for a little bit. He hasn't really had any competition for his space, which won't have helped. I think, you know, he's, he's played a lot of football for a 23-year-old. And, you know, this is probably his worst run of form, isn't it, that we've seen from him ever. So, you know, I think he'll he'll get through it. But it's just whether, you know, things around him as well and injuries to midfield haven't helped because, you know, a lot of the time he needs someone like Fabinho to cover for him. Then Salah's not been, you know, been playing a little bit wide and things like that, I think, all sort of add to Trent's, you know, poor performances and, you know, the team's poor performances, not just him. We could, I think, pinpoint plenty of players who've you know been under par for what we know they can produce 
So I think the next few games for him will be massive because he'd be wanting to get in that England squad for the World Cup, but also, you know, he'd be wanting to get back to his best. And we haven't yet seen his best. There's been glimpses of him and the Trent we know, but I think there's, you know, a way to go to get him to where he needs to be. And we all know he'll get there. It's just a matter of sort of when. He's such a notable player and such a star player that he attracts an awful lot of headlines. So... You know, when you see headlines this morning, uh, Frank Labouf sticking the boot in Andy, saying he's a he's a championship level defender. I mean, we we can sort of laugh that off and say, well, you know, that's a ridiculous comment to make. But you wonder how the player himself, how Trent reacts to some of this stuff. He won't be oblivious to it. No, definitely not, and especially given sort of as Kiva mentioned, the scrutiny on any sort of little mistake. I mean, the problem is, is that when he's you know. He's sort of switched off that it has sort of led to goals and I think that's brought brought more scrutiny on him. But yet it has been very relentless this season. You know, how much he looks at it, how much he takes on board, we don't quite know. But I'm sure, you know, he's, he's aware of it and it'll, it won't be nice for him to hear because, well, you know, no one likes anyone picking apart something that you've, you've done wrong or you've not done well. But you just hope that it's sort of he uses it in the right way and then it uses it to, to sort of fuel it you know, to, to fuel him and fuel his mentality to, you know, want to prove people wrong because we have seen him, you know, def- you know, defensively, we know what he, he's capable of. The problem is, is you know, he, he does lack that consistency sometimes and there can be moments where, you know, you look at it and go, you know, the position-wise or maybe, you know, where he is or, or just the starting point or, or is he switched on anticipating things as he should be. You can't have those question marks. As Kiva sort of said, it, it doesn't help when he's, you know, the midfield's been as, as sort of in flux as it has been because he's he's been so used to Jordan Henderson playing on that right-hand side and, and providing, you know, a, a sort of base and a foundation and a cover uh, that he knows where he can go forward. Um, and it's not to, to criticise Harvey Elliott in, in that in that aspect, but he's a different type of midfielder to Jordan Henderson. He's a he's much more attack-minded than, and sort of that balance on, on, on the right-hand side. You know, Liverpool haven't quite found the right formula for that yet and, and that hasn't helped things. You know, missing out on this England squad will, will be another blow to him, um, I'm sure. And and uh, you would like to think that he all he's focusing on is, is getting back to Liverpool and, and sort of making sure he will want to prove everybody wrong, both in terms of his defensive stuff, but also getting back to what he's what he's best at. I mean, he's he's unfortunate because it was his, one of his crosses for Bournemouth was was the own goal, which you know didn't get an assist, which feels a bit unfair. You know, but he hasn't been at those creative levels really. Well, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't feel like it. It will help, I think, if, if Mo himself can, can sort of get back in the goals because they're a partnership. And I imagine most of, you know, a lot of Trent's assists have, have come via Mo. So, you know, if, if one, if both of them can sort of work together to get the other fired, and then, then that'll, be, that'll be ideal. Mo's had a pretty decent international break, though. Kivri's scored a couple of goals for Egypt against uh, Niger. So hopefully he comes back with a few more goals under his belt as well. I mean, he hasn't started the season in the goal-scoring vein he would have wanted. No, absolutely. It was telling when Liverpool, as Mandy mentioned there, that Bournemouth game. But, you know, he didn't score or assist in that. I think the writing was a little bit on the wall for him that he, you know, had a a slow start by his own high standards to the season. And I think, 
you know, getting away on international duty and obviously that nice little video I seen of him uh, posing with that couple who just got married and then running off. That was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's good to get away from Liverpool, maybe the stress of lately and, you know, the performances haven't been good. I think sometimes we worry about the international break and how it will, you know, uh, the players getting injured on international duty or, you know, playing too many games and that kind of thing and the flying all over the world. But sometimes I think it's a tonic for them, you know, to get back to international break. A lot of the players maybe have a little bit of time off who aren't on international duty as well. And maybe that's exactly what this Liverpool team have needed. You know, I guess we'll only see that when we see them playing next. But... Yeah, I think for Mo, just getting back into that rhythm of scoring goals, which is something we know he, he loves to do. I think, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, he has been sort of playing a little bit too wide at times. And I think that is the sort of this transition phase now into sort of life without Sadio Mane on the other side, but also with Darwin Nunez as well, playing for Liverpool. And I think, you know, the players are all getting used to that and getting used to what they're being asked to do, which does seem a little bit dissimilar to instructions just a few months ago so I think um, yeah if we can get Mo in the box more he will score more goals but you know seeing him out on the flank as much as he is and just not involved in that way as much as he has been I think it's been difficult to watch painful at times you just like get him in the box you know I think we did a piece when Salah had scored 100 goals and we looked at you know the Salah zone and it was basically the between the penalty spot and the six-yard box, that's like where he scored the majority of his goals. So, you know, why wouldn't you want him to be in in and around there, getting those chances and and scoring goals? But obviously, you know, it's something Liverpool will will look to to work out in the coming weeks, and they'll have to because, as Andy mentioned before, it feels very much like a top four race now. When you know we were all hoping it'd be another title race. Right, quick shout out to a couple of pieces you've both written. Andy, you've written about some of the Liverpool players that have gone on loan, the likes of Connor Bradley, Leighton Clarks, and some some good young talent. Do, those two are the standout names who are having loan spells, decent loan spells at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few to be honest. I mean, I looked at sort of all, at 17 players Liverpool have got a, a, the pieces sort of just just highlighting sort of how important Liverpool or how detailed Liverpool's approach is to sort of picking the right loans for the players to try and make sure they, they give them the best. Environment. I mean, Tyler Morton at Blackburn is, you know, I think he's, he's started the last six now, so he's finding his feet and, and he's settling in and, and starting to, to show what he's all about. Difficult lead to come into it, you know, 19 and his first load, and he, he seems to be finding his feet and improving game on game and, and, and influencing things um, for Yondar Thomas. And Connor Bradley's been been excellent at Bolton. I think he's, he scored three goals already, so in, in playing sort of a right wing back role so it's it's sort of suiting his attacking instincts um, and, and Owen Beck has, has joined them after his loan initial loan in Portugal sort of didn't didn't go to plan but he's he's uh, just working his way back to fitness yet yeah, Leighton Clarkson was, had been doing well but he, he got a too much ban um, for a, a tackle which he only got yellow carded for in Aberdeen's well the last game he played was against Ross County so a little bit of unfortunate there bit of a bump in the road before that he was doing well and yeah, it's just it's just a piece to look at, you know, all all seventeen, just where they've gone, how they've sort of settled in, how they've started, you know, even down to, to Marcelo Pataglu, who's, who's at Macclesfield, um, in, in the eighth tier, I think it is, uh, seven clean sheets in eleven games, I think he's, he's so far, so he's you know for a, a young Brazilian going down to that level and the physicality and the you know the elbows, I'm sure he's getting off every corner from <laughs> from experienced players, let's say. 
he seems to be dealing with with things quite well down there as well. Liverpool's loan watch. It's on the Athletic now. And uh, and Kiva, you, you spoke to some of the former players who took part in the foundation match, Liverpool legends against Manchester United legends. What really stuck out to me was, from your pieces, how perhaps the modern-day player is so intense, they probably don't get to enjoy the city, do they? But you, when you've spoken to them, they, they're sort of the love of Liverpool and everything that went around the lifestyle came out a little bit more? Yeah, I think players like Mark Gonzalez were quite interesting to chat to because obviously he only spent a season at Liverpool. I think there was a bit of a work permit struggle, wasn't there, for Rafa to get him in. So he only got a season. I think he said he lived on the Albert Dock and you know he's loved getting back to the city the three times that he's been. Because you kind of forget that they are just like, you know, playing games week in, week out. That are, you know, every other week they're a, a different place for the weekend's game and that kind of thing. And obviously when they're a young player, they might not go out and they're just sort of, you know, training. And I think that'll be the same for, you know, a lot of this Liverpool squad at the minute. And, you know, Gonzalez was just talking about how he's sort of fallen in love with the city now. He's, you know, coming back and returning to it with his family, which is quite nice. Martin Skirtle chatted to him. He's got a lovely head of hair now. Yeah. Um, which I didn't compliment him on. I kind of regretted. But then I'd seen a video of Kenny Dagley sort of talking about his hair and I thought, everyone must be saying, look at your hair or, you know, your hair looks great. Yeah, probably best that I didn't do that because literally I feel like every single person that bumps into Skirtle <laughs> on Merseyside has mentioned his, his new hairdo, which does look great, by the way. He does look great. So, yeah, I was chatting to him and I think quite poignant, like his son was born in Liverpool and he was saying like oh he's you know I think the first time obviously he's visited since he left the club so obviously his son hasn't visited as well and he was saying you know he's a little scouser and he's got a little scouse haircut and he's teaching him sort of you know scouse culture and you know the way of the scouser and I think that that was quite nice because um Jersey Dudek and others were talking about you know I think his two daughters were, were born on Merseyside as well and you know I think you sort of forget that family like the the family sort of ties they have to the place you know I think that connection to somewhere that you know your kid was born is you know going to be strong anyway but obviously haven't played for the club and obviously Dudek talked about some game that happened in 2005 can't really remember no. what happened there but yeah he was he was chatting about that which is quite nice to hear, to be honest, because I've never met him before and I just sort of looked at him and um, he didn't really want to chat at first because they were going to training and he chatted, I think, to pretty much everyone. And then by the end of it, we had a little high five and it was all good um, good to chat to him and sort of, you know, meet those, you know, legends of the club, I guess, and, and chat to them about what made their time at Anfield and, you know, living in the city unforgettable. And the thing that most people talk about was the people, you know, the fans and how friendly the city is and how friendly and supportive the fans are. Um, Fabio Aurelia was giving me some restaurant tips as well, which is, you know, always good. <laughs> good to hear. Um, so, yeah, it was it was nice to, to catch up and, and meet some of them for the first time as well and, and chat to them and just did make me think, you know, we kind of forget, like, you know, they are coming to live in this city and, and then they have to leave it and, you know, footballers' lives can be very displaced and, you know, they never really probably feel at home in places for a long time. But Liverpool's certainly a place I think these players come to, they quickly fall in love with. What a great bunch. Brilliant piece as well. Um, Martin Skirtle, actually, I was doing the, the substitution announcements down in the dugout and he had a full camera crew making a film on him. So I don't know whether that's something we should expect later this year, the real life of Martin Skirtle, but well, I'll be interested. And he, yeah, uh, disappointed there. <laughs> and and Xabi Alonso, I mean, unbelievable. Looks fit as a fiddle. 
and was springing 40-yard passes like he was still playing with Gerard Kiever. I seen that picture of him. I didn't watch the game. And I seen the picture of him and just knew that picture where he's just, I think the club put it up and his feet aren't touching the ground and he just looks tremendous. And I just thought, I bet you he had that kind of game. So I didn't even need to watch it. That picture told, <laughs> a, told a story of its own. Absolutely. Check Kiva's piece out now on The Athletic. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn. So it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, thanks to Andy. We're now uh, going to look back on the events of the weekend. We're joined by the Liverpool women defender, Jilly Flaherty, to take a look back at a Merseyside derby, but as well as that, a, a brilliant start to the season in the first game in which Liverpool played. Jilly, reflections, first of all, on playing at Anfield and quite a momentous moment considering the crowd that was there. Yeah, it was incredible. I've been fortunate enough to play at Anfield before. Um, when I was at Arsenal, we played against Liverpool in the FA Cup. But yeah, it was incredible. I mean, the pitch was beautiful to play on, not a single bobble in sight. And then obviously, yeah, the fans, we had over, uh, I think, near enough 28,000 there. They were incredible. They were so bad from minute one, even in the warm-up. So it was, it's incredible in the sense of that side of it. Obviously, very disappointing with the result and the performance. But I think the positives from it, yeah, with the, the crowd and stadium, obviously. Kiva, I know how much you, you love watching Liverpool women. You must have been buzzing to see that sort of crowd. Yeah, it was amazing, you know, just I think the build-up, walking to the ground and just, you know, seeing all those fans that are usually at Prem Park and, and plenty more fans there was was amazing to see and, you know, the turnout was obviously a record for, for Liverpool women at Anfield, as Jilly mentioned there, they played there, I think was that 2013 against Arsenal in the FA Cup and then obviously they played in 2019 against Everton. Unfortunately, lost all three games, so I'm thinking fourth-time lucky um, and hopefully a sold-out crowd next time. That's what we want. But, yeah, no, a great occasion. Just a real shame, obviously, the girls couldn't get the result. But Everton were, you know, all props to them. They were slick and, I think, you know, composed in the moments that they needed to be. Your manager said you started slowly and said that perhaps, looked, you know, as a team, looked a little bit scared there, Jilly. Are these important moments to learn from in the early stages of this season? Yeah, for me, I don't think it's a better time for that to happen, really, of course. It's unfortunate that people want to come away from that with a great memory. I've been there before, first time when we come away losing to Tottenham. Like It's never nice to experience it. But I think you take away all of that. I think the defeat to Everton and the sort of the manner that it happened, it's better for us to experience that now at the early start, start of the season so we can learn from it. And I think last week against Chelsea, it was a fantastic result and it was a huge result for us as a team. But I think sometimes that can sort of 
make things probably seem a lot easier than what they're going to be in our league. Like our league is a difficult league. I know better than anyone how difficult our league is. And I think last night was a sort of a bit of a an eye-opener, a bit of a wakener to say, listen up, like, obviously a great result last weekend, but it's those games with the teams that are in and around us that we need to be getting the three points off of. So I think, personally, I think it's better that it's happened to us now so that then we can sort of refocus, regroup, and we can click on again. Yeah, Kiva, talk about setting uh, expectations at a high level in the first game of the season. God, I know that Chelsea win. I was away for the weekend, so I missed it. I was absolutely devastated not to be there. But yeah, I was uh, shouting at me at my phone, which I was watching it on in the Cotswold. So yeah, just an amazing result. And then you were kind of hoping that you know this Anfield game, three points there would have been incredible. But you know, as Jilly says, there it's it's better for that result to almost happen now, and also for the Chelsea result to happen because. The girls know now they've got that capability to beat, you know, the best team in the league. You know, obviously, Jill, you've got so much experience yourself. I was wondering, actually, just sort of like, you know, the mood last night among the squad. It would have been obviously different after the Chelsea game. Were your messages to the younger players, I guess, different from last week to this week? Or is it sort of similar messages that you're getting across? Yeah, I think, obviously, it's football. You know, like, I'll put up a post today that, like, the best advice I've been given in my football is never get too high in the high and too low in the lows. You know, it's it's up and down football and you're going to win games, you're going to lose games. And I think for us as defenders as well, we're, we're in a position where if we make one mistake, that can cost the team. It's an eye-opener to everybody and it's an experience that most of them girls have probably never experienced before at that level. And I think obviously them being on Sky and all things like that. So it's experience that people can't buy. And the only way you're going to learn to be able to deal with it going forward, because these games hopefully will be happening more regularly as the seasons go on, is to learn the hard way. And then the next time it happens, we'll be on the right end of the result. I've been there before. I've been there with Chelsea. We got absolutely spanked when we played at Stamford Bridge against Wolfsburg. And we was the be- one, well, the best team in the league and we was in the Champions League semi-finals. But sometimes them big stadiums with the big crowds, they can throw players off. And the only way you're going to get better at dealing with it is getting more used to it. Jilly, do you feel like the, the spotlight's massively intensified on the women's game since the European Championship success? Yeah, 100%. That's what we wanted. Like, that's, that's what you want as a as a, a woman's player. That's what you want as a fan. As, that's as you, what you want is that, like I said, I've been there when there was no attention on it, when and one man and his dog was watching the game, you know? And obviously for us, it's huge that women's won the Euros. Like, it's huge for us as a country and it's us as a league. And... I believe we are the best league in the world because we are the most competitive league. We are. It's not just one or two teams that will go out and smash everybody else and then just fight between them two. Like we proven last week, Aston Villa proved anybody can beat anybody on their day. And that's why I think it is the best league. And so many players abroad want to come over and play in England. And obviously the attendance is everything that's rising. So I think it's great. I think we've got to have that as players. We want the exposure and... The thing that comes with exposure is the positives and the negatives. So you take it on the chin. I was just wondering how you're settling into Liverpool. Have you been enjoying the city? Because obviously you spent such a long time in London. Are you missing that or do you feel at home here? Yeah, no, I feel at home. Me and my partner um, moved up in May, beginning of June time. And yeah, we've loved it up here. We've had family come up here and visit. We're in a li- like lovely area. We've got the beach literally right next to us. <laughs> you don't get that down in London unless it's a man-made one. But yeah, no, it's lovely. The girls have been brilliant. Like they helped me and my partner settle in, and um, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to spending the future here. 
the beach, eh? Not bad. Must be a Crosby shout there. Uh, just a thought on actually the Liverpool model, and you've you've achieved so much success yourself. Obviously, you know, being at West Ham, you've got your own honours list. Is, is there something in the Liverpool model that you, that you see, not just the manager who you know pretty well, but can you see the growth at Liverpool Football Club? Yeah, 100%. Like, the standards that they set themselves off the pitch, all like the finer details and that, is probably one of the best in regards to the clubs that I've been at. It's like the little finer things, and I think it's the whole family side of it as well, like, there's real care from the club about you as a player and not just you, but your family that come with you as well. But I think obviously the training ground developments are in place for Liverpool to obviously have our own training ground. And I think there was a huge backing from the men's side as well. But yeah, there's ambitions at this club to, to win things and to go on and, and to challenge in the league. And we're not going to be easy. And we know obviously, obviously we won the league last year, but this is a whole different ball game, the WSL. And obviously, we're not just coming here just to fight to stay in the league each year. We've come here to win. But it's going to take time and it's going to take a settled plan. Do you know what I mean? A, a time frame of things that happen and the visions that this club see. But there's no reason why this club can't be challenging um, as the years go on. Kiva, how, how sort of um, up for this season are you? What, what are you expecting from these girls? Well, I wasn't expecting them to beat Chelsea. I don't think anyone was. So that was a, a great surprise. And I think... Amazing, like I said, it showed everyone what they are capable of going forward. I think, you know, as Jilly talks through there, I think it is just about making sure and maintaining that they are a WSL team and then they can build on that. I think that's, you know, been the plan that Matt Beard's spoken about, that Russ Fraser has spoken about and, you know, hired up Billy Hogan and, you know, all those involved with Liverpool women. That sort of, you know, the plan that's in place is to get them, you know, to a settled place in the league and then obviously to to kick on and, and fight for titles again because obviously, you know, this is a... Liverpool have won two WSL titles in the past. If it, it feels so long ago, but it wasn't at all. And, you know, it was a shame that they didn't, you know, they failed to sort of back the team there. After that, I think that was a, a misstep from the owners. But obviously, you know, what's happening now, as Jilly mentions, with the training ground and just, I think, the care that you're seeing, you know, um, different staff in place, more staff, you know, to support the team. I think it's in the right, going in the right direction. And I think, you know, yesterday was just another signal of that and that support. Obviously, a record attendance for Liverpool women at Anfield. Hopefully, you know, Hayden maybe another game there later this season, which would be great, you know, if we can beat that record as well. would be amazing. And, yeah, I just think just nice for them to be back in the WSL, to be honest, to get, a, you know, Playing against teams like Chelsea, like Arsenal, like Man City, you know, you want to be fighting against the best teams. And, you know, these are the very best teams. So, yeah, just looking forward to the rest of the season. Jilly, back at Anfield, you'd like a bit of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think it was incredible last night. My partner videoed them when they were playing You'll Never Walk Alone. And even then, like, lying in bed, like, the airs on my arm stood up. Like, it was fantastic and brilliant. And, um, yeah, hopefully we get another chance to experience it and it, like again another hopefully a sellout crowd to make it even more yeah more more passionate and more uh, intimidating as well for the away side well we wish you the best for the rest of the season absolutely brilliant to have you on the podcast that's Jilly Flaherty and uh, of course get down and support Liverpool women at Prenton Park as the season unfolds uh, Kiva great to have you on check out Kiva's piece on The Athletic 
right now on the former Liverpool players that took part in that Legends game at the weekend and Andy's piece as well on the lone players out there. I hope you've enjoyed the Red Agenda and we'll catch up with you before the weekend as the Premier League resumes. See you then.